internet friends, and welcome to episode number 162 of Final Boss TV. Today, of course, your wild game rating show. Not all the time. If you haven't heard me talk about that in the last couple of shows for 2018, there are some slight changes in different shows on the horizon that won't even be about World of Warcraft. But, I mean, it happens, right? It just, it's going to happen. But today, this is one of four or one of six or maybe even one of eight catch-up shows. Again, we did these back in Warlords for a little while to sort of catch back up on what was changing in the game. But as always, my name is Adam K.A.K. Bay. I'll be your host for this adventure today. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, if you want to subscribe to the channel and check out all the past shows, again, this is episode 162. So there's 161 of these and all the side content that's come up before this, if you'd like that. Or if you want to keep the show rolling, you can show your support by clicking the button up here. If you want to do the subscribe button on Twitch, of course, either one of those work. But of course, I would not be sitting here if it wasn't for... Ooh, ooh, I just closed the tab accidentally. <laughs> if it wasn't for all the support that the show has been getting on the Patreon page. And of course, shout out to the assistant producers, Teremiah, Chaos, Jason, Tazlin, Screws Loose. <gasps> Mia R4 Truffles and Druish. We have some Patreon announcements on the mid-show break that we'll go over in a moment when we get there. But if you want more podcasts, those are listed on our Patreon page. We have nearly an hour of the Rogue Ketchup BTS with the three of us from yesterday that um, gets a little spicy. Uh, we're not going to talk about the topic that came up in this. So you could just go... Mm -hmm. You can go check that out yourself. I'm just going to not even listen to it if it comes up on the show today. But all the different BTS podcasts or the after shows from the previous ones, you can go check those out if you want more. It's like 130, there's like what, 130 something, 32 overall posts, all the show notes together. Go check those out if you'd like. But today is Rogues. So uh, returning, and I know that I just said we're not going to talk about it, but of course it happened right before the show started. So I'm just going to like put the camera on Greyhound and just say welcome back and hope that he plays nice. Oh, I mean, I'm the least toxic person in like every single Discord starting January 1st. <sighs> I've been, uh, it's been my uh, resolution to curb down on toxicity and then I published a very uh, highly acclaimed scientific research paper that shows that some of the Discords are also least tox less toxic than people expect them to be, so we're good. That's we're good. We, we yeah, th this is what we talk about in the the, the BTS podcast. Just just, but Greyhound, welcome back. Even though you're now, I'm, I, you're 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 named as it is. Even though I think I gave you Bithound before, or your your character's name before. I don't even know why you yeah. on a rogue show. I mean, you see, I find that like every six months, I need to go in a new final boss show, mm. but you don't use the same class often enough. So I just like. Well, we did this, we did this, we did this. Now we need. I need to find a new role. So, like now, I think you still haven't done hunters yet. Oh yeah. I, I have a I have a pretty good experience as hunters. Okay. Uh, I might consider myself a hunter IRL too. I have a good pet over here that's sleeping, mm. little Haiti. So it's getting ready for the next show. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I think you're on a six month cooldown after this, but we'll we'll, we'll depend on how today goes. Joining us, we have fresh meat. We have Mistler piping in from the 1960s. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hello. I'm great, and I have the best camera quality in this whole Discord conversation here. I still think, even as pixely as your camera is, it's still better than Roger Brown's worst. 
<laughs> so I'll take it, but I will take it. And you're not gonna play piano for us on the show, are you? You're not, you're not gonna. Can you a little bit, little bit for us? No, no, no chopsticks. No, last, last time I checked the notes, we were talking about rogues, so uh, <sighs> focus crap. on that. Damn. All right, fair enough. And then also joining Mistler is Koji or Kojiyama. I'm just gonna call him Koji the whole show. The whole your whole name is way too long. You really know. You, yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. You might have. Are your little rogues in real life gonna poke in the show at some point? Maybe no. No, nah, I banished them. You banished them. <laughs> but welcome to the show, sir. Hope you're ready to talk about rogues. Yes. Absolutely. Okie doke. Because we have, with with how these shows work forward and everything, there is some interesting. There are all these new tools, I guess, that we'll be going over today on the show that sort of slowly propagate their way. Like we had WoW Analyzer a while ago, and today I didn't know this existed. And if you want to just kind of bring that up with your intro, I'm going to throw it right back over to Koji and then to Mistler, because you guys are the new ones here. Um, just who the heck are you? What do you do in the rogue communities and introduce yourself to the internets that don't know you outside of the, the Discord bubbles? Koji, go for it. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I've been involved in rogues for rel you know comparatively short time compared to these guys. Although I've been in the theory crafting community for extremely long time, going back to TBC and and whatnot. But I'm probably most well known in in the feral community for the work I was doing in HFC and in Warlords. Um, and then beta happened. A lot of ferals ended up on different classes and uh, uh, ended up helping pockets a lot with the uh, Havoc Demon Hunter stuff and doing a lot of SimCraft work there until Tomb of Sargeras, where we ended up not having three rogues and uh, decided to take one for the team <laughs> hop over. Uh, these guys have been great in terms of, uh, you know, encouraging me to contribute, and Aethys in, in particular uh, has given, given me... Uh, a lot of room to to do some cool stuff so you know i am very grateful to uh, them for letting me represent here awesome yeah i had to go through i went i poked fiery which we can't have a rogue show without talking about fiery i poked him first and he told me to poke athus and athus was on for the rogue show earlier in the expansion and then he told me to poke you guys he gave me like a list and that's when i talked about this on the bts show greyhound was like well yeah i like to be Third, third ones. Yeah, exactly. But that I have to go through the hierarchy, okay? There, there's, there's like a family here that I have to, rep you know, to to make sure it's all in a row. So, because then he also told me about Mistler and Sir, who the who the heck are you? Who am I? Yeah. Well, I started theory crafting for the work class in early 2017, so um, I was highly motivated by Fire Demise and Aethys to put my skills to use and. Um, I'm also like Koji, very happy that I um, was welcomed so so uh, well. And uh, since then, I am part of the Simulation Craft developing team and uh, maintain the work module. And uh, together with Aethys, we're working on um, everything related to rogues. We started that GitHub organization, and we're running the uh, the website HeroDamage.com with uh, simulation results for not just rogues but every class in the game. Yeah, I'll bounce right over to this real quick, and we have a little bit more of a segment that we'll talk about hero damage directly, but this is the new resource that I wanted to make sure gets put out there that everyone realizes now that this is a very 
it's very simple, right? And I'm sure there, there are more bits and pieces you guys have in the works, but you can dive in, and as, of course, Battle for Azeroth rolls forward and all the modules get updated, this is a resource where you can go check out builds and target you know uh target combinations for different types of sims with legendaries sets talent combinations for this is i brought up the enhancement shaman ones just because that and you can see sort of what the dps of the this is all for for dps right is hero damage exactly. we have simulations for combinations like what set pieces can you use and what talents perform very well with that and legendaries and we also have charts that everyone loves for trinkets and relics yeah. That is what we currently have, and we, we do have plan a lot of more plans um, for Battle from Azeroth. There's a lot of interesting things that we'll have to look at and that we want to add to our website. I like the variations. Mantle Bracers, Mantle Bracers with Fan of Knives, Tier 21, 4-piece, Tier 22-piece, all this stuff. It's actually, there's so many things. I'm just clicking on random parts right now, and it's just loading. So I wonder if it's just too, there's too much to look at sometimes on the data sheets. The work, the work part is probably the one we spent most time on yet. Zero bias, by the way. It's what? If you, if you this, start... this, the whole site started out, out as the Ravenhold TC site. So this was uh, originally only work simulations and we just mm. expanded it to hero damage in early December. So this is kind of beta still. Right. Now, there's a wild amount of stuff on here. And what did you say you have in the works? What what are you guys what else are you working on integrating into the uh, the website? There's a lot of things we have in mind. We have um, maybe some of you have seen them before. We have like these four dimensional plots where you can see how different stat distributions perform. We want to show those in at some point in the future. We also think about uh, like cross-class comparison, relic charts for multiple classes, trinket charts, and the top builds uh, for several classes in a way similar to the stacked simulations on the simulation craft side. And then there's, of course, better for Azeroth. Um, Azeroth armor will be a very interesting topic to, uh, to investigate as soon as uh, we get more information on that. Yeah. Who else is involved in putting together hero damage because the the big repository just like the place that everything gets put together now not every discord has or not every class has like a website but obviously rogues have the very well curated ravenholt so who else out there needs to get shout outs for the work they're putting together for all the resources and tools that you guys are are creating and you can go with hero damage first and um and whatnot since you were already going on that mistler Absolutely. Shoutouts to Aethys, who got this whole project started and who's doing a wonderful job, um, like a project leader on this whole project. And his girlfriend, Nia, who did a lot of the profiles for the other classes. So while I am someone who mostly works on the scripts behind the site and the work stuff, uh, she did a lot of work on profiles for actually all of the classes so that we can have simulations for those as well. And uh, Every now and then we also get contributions from other people. There's Cutie to mention, uh, also a friend of Aethys that helped uh, with uh, implementing some new techniques that we want to showcase pretty soon. I'm, I'm scrolling over parts of, of the Ravenholt now and I mean, Shadowcraft is still... <laughs> well, I wanted to bring that up because that was sort of one of the original... That's kind of like 
you know, remember RAR back in the day? That was Wrath into to Cataclysm. We had the tool called RAR, but like, is Shadowcraft still something curated, or are you guys moving away from working on that? And now everything is sort of just SimCraft raid bots, and now of course, I think it's just raid bots and SimCraft. And right. It's only like two tools that are like maintained and updated, top of the line. Mm -hmm. Okay. But this I is done. I worked on RAR back in the day. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, simulations have kind of taken over in terms of, you know, representing the, the complexity and all the interactions that happen for, for Rogue. So it's, you know, spreadsheets and stuff are, are still a useful tool, but it's kind of hard to model a lot of the complex interactions. Yeah, especially... Legion has made it pretty hard to do, to work on that. I am uh, doing my best to help with Shadowcraft as well, but it is uh, there's still a few issues that I'd like to get ironed out. But it's not that easy. Like Legion has been uh, pretty hard on that. Yeah. Especially now that you have raid bots, which is just kind yeah. of the same thing. Right. Not not as fast like as in Shadowcraft. You would just click on piece of gear and it instantly tells you like other things. But raid yeah, bots is more accurate. Pretty much the same exact. Spreadsheets as you. you to have very quick results, but um, especially with Raidbots, it's so easy to just um, use SimCraft in the cloud and sim your own char, and uh, that is really something. I mean, it's also really easy. You just donate on Patreon, and you get the premium account, and you should do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Get, uh, priority sims? No, yeah, I mean, oh. Raidbots has definitely like reduced the barrier of entry to utilizing SimCraft for people who you know don't want to download the app and or the application run stuff and import profiles manually and stuff like that you know it can be a, a bit man manual of a process to run it locally but raidbots is super super easy and it's something pretty much anybody can hop on and and mess around with so you know it's it's almost easier than a spreadsheet to be honest yep it will all i i've been talking to um Cerealos off and on in discord about trying to to build either a guide or a way to to make a video or part of a show segment or something for uh, him specifically to come on and talk about how raid bots has evolved and how the simulation craft back end of world of warcraft has just slowly become what it is today because there's no better time tools and resource wise for a player of world of warcraft than right now Right? Each expansion sort of pushes things forward. And between raid bots, the upgrades to SimCraft, and the modules and the guides and the documents and the tools that, that you guys are creating and the other theory crafter and math crafters in the community, we've got you know the WoW Analyzer tool now. The upgrades to Warcraft logs are ridiculous just because of the advanced combat logging integrations that, that Kira has put together. And the replay function, that didn't exist before like and how better it's gotten there's so many parts and this is why this this section i would love to be able to like tell you all these things that you can use but this is like definitely plugging all of these for the community so take use of it but you brought up one thing i don't know who wants to to tackle what this is because rogues i don't know how many other classes in the game have something like this that is sort of an open theory crafting module forum database place to go but you guys have this github that i don't know who wants to to dive into this if, if koji or who wants to take this one Mistler is probably best Mistler, yeah go for it all right we have that rogue dashboard that we started also with a patch 725 when uh, especially subtlety was reworked in, in 
on quite a large scale. And we opened this up um, to give everyone the option to contribute in a very simple way. You can create issues. You can send us in your suggestions. If you think the APL in, on SimCraft plays wrong, then send in your suggestions and we'll have a look at it. Also, we use this to um, get an overview of all the bugs and work with a class that has to deal with a lot of bugs. And uh, yeah, we really wanted it to have a centralized hub where everyone can just uh, put their suggestions and reports and makes it really transparent also for the community. Yeah, so I mean, it's a really cool resource. It's it's honestly how I got involved when I hopped over to Rogue because, you know, I was poking around looking for resources and, and trying to get up to speed as quickly as I could. And I found this linked and I was like, <laughs> I was blown away at how organized it was in terms of, you know, having everything in one centralized place. It let me kind of absorb a lot of knowledge really quickly. Um, and then I, I started contributing there. I think I opened, you know, three or four issues uh, for minor things I found with assassination and whatnot when I was poking around on beta and or P PTR. And uh, then, you know, Aethys just kind of contacted me and PMV uh, directly and said, you know, feel free to contribute directly if you're going to be doing this regularly. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great thing. And uh, they're really, you know, it's it's something every, all the, all the SimCraft uh, developers on Rogue monitor this and Athos and Missler and all these guys. So, you know, if, if somebody finds an issue and posts on here, it will get fixed. So, and if it's a game bug, it will get reported to Blizzard. It will be a visible thing. So it's very, very good to use this uh, if you if you want to get involved in the... And program. that's why Poison Nice got nerfed. <laughs> well, it didn't get nerfed. It's, <laughs> they need to fix oh. it because obviously it's busted. Well, no, there's a previous uh, poison knife from like a vanish proc where you extend the duration of like snapshotting. Yeah, that was like a brief nice moment where you could actually do damage with the snapshotting. Yeah, that one was that one was really what pushed it over the edge. Finding that to to kind of encourage a hot fix because they had, they had kind of let the poison knife thing go over the holidays and then. Um, when we found the snapshot issue with Night Stalker, that kind of blew things open because that was like something like a 12% damage increase if you pulled it off just from doing one global correctly in your opener. So it's right. a, it was a little broken. Um, and, you know, again, that got reported. We I, I opened an issue for that after, you know, I found that and, and found a repro step for it and Blizzard became aware of it very quickly. We don't we don't like uh, hiding stuff in the rogue community. This is really strict about, you know, making sure we, we make everything visible. Well, yeah, so I, I got to shout Athos out because you guys can't see chat for the VOD purposes or watching live is that uh, he commented, since we've done, done this, I, making this GitHub and this reporting place and this this open forum for this, a lot of rogue bugs have been fixed because they were exposed publicly. And we have more that we'll talk about in a later segment, but the Poison Knife one, because you guys are, are aware of it, has been blue posted about, etc. Those moments, and I, I'm, I'm not sorry if you're a rogue that got temporarily banned because you used it on progression, because duh. Like, doing 5 billion DPS right now is obviously not intentional. Like, come on, don't be, don't be ridiculous. I but think, I don't think anybody actually got banned. I know that one rogue who was doing it on Argus progression, he got like forced DC'd. Uh, oh, really? They, like, oh, okay. it. Like, it was like he got an email with a ban, and he, by the time he finished reading the email and he logged in, like the ban was gone. So it was just mm. like log out of the game so we can like 
I think like if you don't log out, like some some of the hotfixes don't apply properly. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, this most recent one last week was, uh, you know, far over the line in terms of being obviously really super broken. I feel right. like I don't know. I looked at some logs. Like you only do like what, like twenty million damage, ten million DPS for like execute duration. That's fine. No big deal. No big deal. You're just doing damage I mean, worth of like four people. It's fine. I mean, it's like four people or like one Fury Warrior of his good procs. I mean, oh yeah, he... no, it's not. <laughs> trying to sugarcoat the issue here. It's not a thing. But that has come out of, and you've found a plethora of things because of this this open forum. So I wonder if this will sort of be adapted and moved forward. I know there are like small communities in the other spec discords where they have their little subsections that do this as well but i almost wonder if being super open about it that everyone can see is a really better way to go about it because this is just it's just really really out in the open there for everyone to see i like it that is nice i i, I like seeing all the different evolutions of, of what the communities are making so it also depends on like communities and how much they want to say Make a bug well known so people just go off on and just like abuse it to the extent that it gets hotfixed publicly, or is that it just like kind of stays dormant and like nobody really uses it until somebody like makes it public. Like one of the bigger cases earlier in the expansion was Proud Paladins, which oh. no particular reason, but they had a bug with Proud Seraphim, and I believe that bug was kind of like well known since like well it wasn't well known that was the thing it was known since literally like the first week of expansion. When everybody was just spamming dungeons, well, second, whatever, like when the class opened up, when everybody was just spamming dungeons and people found it. But it was kind of like inconsistent and it had, like, if you died, it went away. So a lot of people didn't do it. And then I want to say it like seven, like in Nighthold, probably. It got like publicized really well. Like somebody just like went and like did a raid clear with Zedbog. And, like, some people did YouTube, and it was just, like, everybody was exploiting for, like, a week or two in a row, and it just got fixed. So it's, like, I also get said in communities that if if a community, I feel like, doesn't have, like, a really good direct link to Blizzard to report bugs, especially that, like, the ones that Blizzard would, like, pay attention and listen as soon as they're found, like, do you make a bug super public where everybody will be exploiting it for, like, a week or two before they can fix it? Or do you just like try to keep it hidden and just nobody uses it and everybody's happy? So, because hmm. I mean, with this, I guess like it's rogues now have, I guess, like a better line of communication. I don't know. They right. send like a pigeon mail. <laughs> but outside of that, it's like. I mean, I, th I think it's personally worth publicizing just because, it, you know, it, if it does become widespread. Blizzard will fix it, you know, like that, if that Paladin example, you know, if everybody knew about it in day one and started spamming it, uh, just like the, the rogue issue last week, uh, it, it gets fixed, you know, probably within hours. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, the other issue or the other positive here is, you know, it's not just about bug reporting. It's also about APL or, or kind of rotational stuff you know the the communities in wow are are very large and not everybody feels you know direct comfortable directly contacting a theory crafter or know who's working on simcraft or whatever and it's it's really nice to have a centralized location where people can say hey you know i noticed this thing and if you do this thing before this thing it's better you know so <laughs> i mean that happens a lot and yeah. say you know we don't have a centralized location for this like within the havoc community so people just dm me 
suggestions, but something like this would definitely make it have have made it much easier to keep track. I mean, actually, of. I don't know about so much about havoc, but I've re noticed that like recently, like on uh, SMC, every once in a while, between like my SMC isn't working because I downloaded it a year ago and now it doesn't support anything. And like I'm a healer, but it doesn't seem to work for me. They do we get like some reports of like we can improve this APL by doing like those specific things, and like you can do some very specific things. But I feel like for now it's mostly just like people prefer to message directly rather than like find a way to actually implement an APL and just submit it as a fix. Because it's also easier for some people. Like it's a lower barrier of entry if you can just say like, "Hey, theory crafter person, SMC person, I feel like if you do this, it might be better." But I don't know how to put it like in an APL format. Yeah, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. Using. There is this this brings up the whole the rogue banter of bugs section, right? <laughs> so I was gonna I was gonna say, tell me about the ever present state of rogue bugs specifically, because there there have been beneficial ones, there have been detrimental ones, there have been ones the more recent where they have to disable a trait on your artist weapon until they can fix it. So, and I was told to bring up how commonplace is this, and does it really keep happening? There's a short list where I have seven options, or, or at least I could point at. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go well, over to, yeah, Koji, do you want, what's the rogue meta like with bugs? I mean, it was interesting when I popped over to Rogue to kind of dive into all this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I think at the time the uh, the Stealth Extend bug was was a thing in Tomb with uh, Vanish and Sub. So that was kind of a thing I had to kind of learn how to use or whatever. Um, but Rogue is just a very complex class. You've got a lot of stuff with uh, many, many overlapping abilities in Vanish and in mid-fight stealth and all these auras that apply temporary buffs. And, and also given the fact it's a very old class and some of, the, some of these uh, spell IDs they're working with are, are like some of the first spells made in the entire game. Mm. Uh, I think bugs tend to sneak their way in kind of all all over the place there's a lot of little little bugs and and large bugs with rogues that kind of pop up in various places yeah i feel like that's one of the big issues in terms of bug is because like i would say most other classes kind of do get reworks every so often rogues haven't really even seen like a major rework up until this expansion because like even in wad like it you would gain some abilities compared to say like burning crusade but not that many in reality and even now if like say looking back like assassination still has most of the buttons that it had back in like tbc or vanilla i think it's tbc so if you're like working with a class that just has all of the like you have like an ability that you're like adding things on and you do that for 10 years it's obvious that like bugs are going to pop up so like say demon hunters they have like they're also kind of prone to bugs right now but i guess that's like a lot of due to like weird interactions and new mm -hmm. class that doesn't have 10 years of experience but rogues they just have like abilities that don't really get like completely reworked or changed but just get like slight tinkering over 10 years so you have like one person did this another person did this and so on and so on so it just has a tendency to just result in something plus i feel like rogue community is one of the best in terms of like finding every single bug possible and just using it and it's just like, it, it kind of like, I, I feel like rogue performance in raids, like kind of like, to some extent, even like correlates with bugs that usually 
you have something propping up your damage and raid to make it better than before. Yeah, I mean, often it's like kind of unintended interactions. You know, yeah, it's okay. not even necessarily anything fundamentally broken. I think a good example of that is the subtlety, you know, off GCD death from above thing, because that is just, you know, if you don't do that, it's <laughs> you're just not going to perform as sub. It's like a critical part of the rotation. It's become a critic, like everybody has to learn how to use, you know, your cooldown mid DFA to do more damage on the eviscerate when you land and that was clearly unintended like uh, because it puts you on gcd and you know you, you're playing this cool animation with you up in the air um and they kind of forgot that you know we've got this off gcd ability that makes our you know makes us do more damage so you can use that mid-air to buff the eviscerate the super buffed already 50 percent extra damage buffed eviscerate to do even more damage and it multiplies on it on itself so, you know, that it's kind of an, an interesting thing because it's probably not even really worth Blizzard trying to fix that because they can just balance around it. Sure. So it so it just became part of the rotation. So it just kind of snuck its way in. How I'm gonna toss the rest of this over to to Mistler real quick. How when you're when you're curating and mostly going back to the GitHub, how do you sort through possible real bugs to ones that might be completely nonsensical or how do you recreate to figure this out yourselves like do you actually just have a group of people that just sit around all day trying to break and fix parts of rogue in game and then figure out how legit or false these these are well i think it's like an organic mix of, of all of that of course especially on ptr or during beta for a new expansion we do think about hey what could be wrong with that maybe there's some interaction they didn't think about and you try to poke if there is a bug somewhere but of course also a lot comes from users just noticing that something is a little bit off and then they ask on on discord in a spec channel also hey i'll look this i saw this and uh, is this supposed to be that way? And then other people looks at, look at this and uh, it trickles all the way back to us then and we can investigate this as a, as a group. Okay. That's the 25% yeah, like of the, the China times that somebody linking oh. a log from China saying, yeah. why is China doing this? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it happens yeah. in a bunch of communities and you're like, yeah, oh, I, why I is was, China doing it? I was just about to say, that's the way that, you know, we, we found the Night Stalker, the snapshot bug that, mm. that got fixed. You know, because somebody was talking about an assassination channel about openers, and they'd link this log where they were using poison knife or, or ranged ability during the opener, and nobody in that channel really understood the significance of it, but they noticed he did really high damage. So mm. I, I opened that log, I clicked, and I'm like, why is he doing this? And I go, and I'm I'm testing random <laughs> out on a dummy for like a minute. And I'm like, oh, this is really broken. <laughs> huh. So then we then we got people that you know repro it, Athis and Missler tried it. And so then we confirmed the repro steps that yeah, you could get this snapshot, this 50% extra damage on deadly poison that just stayed up the whole fight. So you know that just came from somebody linking some random, you know, Chinese log. So you know, who knows. I'm I'm sort of on the outside of that in the enhancement community because there are well well to do more involved enhancement shamans than I am and they figure this stuff out and I'll read it in our enhancement shaman little corner that they post all these huge lists of of 
combat log, like moment to moment, second to second things, and all of a sudden, like, oh, this doesn't line up with, and that doesn't, and this this didn't proc, but it should have because it's right here in the log, but nothing happened. So I just read it, and I'm like, mm, okay, I have no, you know, I didn't find any of this stuff, and I find a lot of things during beta, and I'll be doing all my beta testing again with Battle for Azeroth, like I did, but a lot of it, I think, is things that just don't physically work, or when I reported, you know, my quickening nonsense for mages back in Legion beta, where I was like, I am a complete scrub, and I can break this spell, so let's not let this go live, and of course it does. So it's funny to see to who finds what and where they come from and finding one from the other side of the world that then immediately gets brought up with you guys and they reacted fast to that one there are other ones on here that i'd never heard of before but have there been any that have been abused to the point where has anyone actually the, the banning joke earlier was just a, a a nod but has anything been that bad yet in legion or just because these are... Or, we, or, we did have <laughs> any of the rogue ones were bad. Think we did so. have a lot of rotation changing bugs as well. Especially the one I could mention is the extended stealth bug we had in hmm. uh, early 7.25, I think. Where you deliberately did not enter stealth before combat and uh, started by using, using Shadow Dance. And in Shadow Dance, you could use stealth. And stealth was protected for the whole rest duration of Shadow Dance. So you had the mental legendary, which gives you a 100% crit window mm -hmm. after stealth expires. You had that up for the whole duration of Shadow Dance. And after that, stealth broke. And only then the crit window started to take down. So you got essentially five more seconds of 100% crit. Hmm. So, I, I mean... But to answer your question, I don't think too many of the bugs have been what I, you know, ban-worthy type sure. major ones. I think this one last week was probably the closest one just because of how extreme it was. And and mm. I kind of, I presume that if Blizzard hadn't hotfixed it like that day, that if people had continued using it during the week on Argus progression or whatever, they probably would have got banned Argus because it's... it's well, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> There's... But but that was definitely a case where, like, when you're doing literally twice, maybe even three times as much damage as you should, you know, that was probably getting into the territory where if it was on Mythic Progression, you, you probably would have got banned. I don't... I've had my fair share, and I've, I've played Havoc as my main alt, and I've had the fair share of interesting interactions with Enhancement going into Legion so far, but I've never had anything that was this consistent that you all have and it goes back to what Koji said about how a lot of these spells have been in the game for you know a decade where you just sort of every patch or every minor patch or every small change to the game that the rogue community just sort of accepts that oh this is really spaghetti but we can use it so do this in the rotation instead of this that's just sort of how you guys play now build your own hotfix <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I mean, ha Havoc hasn't had anything near, like, I think the only thing that I can think of on Havoc that's been any anything like any of these was, like, the mastery snapshotting thing with Chaos oh, yeah. Blades in, uh, you know, Trial of Valor. Dinner Bell. Yeah, Dinner Bell yeah, or dinner that. Dinner Bell gear, gear swapping before yeah. pull, stuff like that, which, you know, they fixed the next major patch, but... And it did change the rotation, but yeah, rogues get that kind of stuff all the time. That's not just a one-off for rogues. <laughs> I mean, there's also a lot of, like, kind of bugs for another classes. 
again, I think like the for mage, like there was like some like ice lands, let's go into melee to like do double mm. damage instead of a GCD thing where every single melee hated them because it's like a targeted by range mechanics while sitting on top of melee. And you're like, you are ape, go away from me, mm. kind of thing. And there's like a, I know that there's like a bunch of spaghetti code for other classes, just like for rooks, we kind of get lucky that most of the bugs are beneficial. I think, mm. like, I was reading recently okay. for, like, in Hunter Discord, how it's like, hey, if you apply a glyph that changes your pet appearance or something, you lose damage. And I'm like, this is exciting. This is, this is the quality. <laughs> yeah. This is what we want to hear. Yeah. No, I, I remember that one. That was a strange one. But we had that. That was a thing for enhancement early in the expansion. If we glyphed raptors... They, I can't remember if it was more or less damage. They wouldn't, oh, it was less. They wouldn't gain the alpha wolf elemental change. They'd be just flat raptors. Well, yeah, they're raptors. They're, they're not the raptors. Wolves. Wolves. I know, but come on. So I, I, I get those. And that just sort of happens. But it just seems weird that rogues just sort of adapt and just utilize these that keep happening. Which I wonder with the downsizing of the game in battle, if those will continue to follow you through. But that... That brings me to uh, another bit of a, of, a, of a banter discussion topic that you wanted to bring up in the Discord. We were setting things up before about melee versus ranged in not just Antorus, the Burning Throne, but sort of all throughout Legion. So sort of an open forum, and I want to see what chat has to say. And if you're in the YouTube comments right now, please, what is your thoughts on Legion's melee versus ranged debacle or discussion or situation? Because I don't think it's been very bad, per se, but has it really that been that bad or awkward, this expansion? And Greyhound, I know you wanted to rant, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit biased again, like I said, so, like, when I, when I say ranged, I don't, like, immediately assume, like, a, I don't know, like, a fire mage. Well, I don't know who hardcasts the most, like, a elemental, I guess, since they don't have cooldowns. Where you just have to stand and just like throw your like spaghetti and meatballs at people and hope that they yeah. hit. But like, I know that like I've been raiding as a melee DPS and occasionally tank and everything since Burning Crusade. And I just got like so used to like mindset of handling mechanics. And then Legion was probably like one of the, I don't know, the last time I played range DPS, probably like in Mogushan. And then like Legion playing like a hunter. It's just like almost like infinite mobility class. You're just like standing there, jumping into melee range, out of melee range, standing 30 yards away, running into melee because you, why not? Mm -hmm. Moving buffs your damage. It feels like it's a lot of mechanics are very like untuned, even between range. Like I feel like closest comparison was to me would be like back in Siege when you had some range which were pretty mobile and then you had like Warlocks who just had like Kill Jaden's like walking slower thing where you just run around and still cast but on a move. So I feel like right now, like, it's... Antorus is probably the most melee unfriendly one in terms of, like, hey, there's Coven. If you're melee, I hope you're ready to, like, go play a range old, ideally a multi-dot, like a Warlock class. I, I went Elemental. I've gone Elemental for three of our kills. Yeah, I mean, like, so. it, it's, like, also, like, a bit of to-do with class tuning when, like, hey, Warlocks are probably best in, like, best class in every single fight this tier outside of maybe Mythic Argus because you don't have immunities, but... We'll just wait until like, there's a group with, like, 20 Warlocks killing Argus anyway. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think as a whole, uh, Antorus hasn't been too bad for melee. I think it's more that the outliers on the fights that are bad for melee are really bad. 
for melee yeah. and the ones that are bad for range are just like kind of a little bit annoying for range so i think the i think the juxtaposition there is is bad because i mean when you have a situation where coven where yeah like warlocks are a good example of a class that can do probably double the damage of most random melee yep and then you, you go on the next fight and yeah agrimar is kind of annoying for range they have a lot more mechanics to deal with but they don't suffer nearly as much as me like melee just get wrecked on coven so it's it's you know mechanically just fundamentally it's easier to make a fight accidentally that is really bad for melee than it's easier to accidentally make a fight that's really bad for ranged yeah because it just you know mo a, a lot of the range classes the mobility issue is not really a major issue so short of like giving just range tons of extra mechanics to deal with this is you know, which, which is what their that was their approach in tuma sargeras right let's make the fights easy by making uh, let's fight make the dungeon melee friendly by making it so melee didn't have to do any mechanics whatsoever and just stand there and tunnel the boss kind of yeah i well, feel I, like I, the biggest issues that like range have like very limited set of like issues that like one from what i remember previous trade mechanics is you have to be like in regarding to positioning of the boss, like some of the ads, like, hey, I have a shield that, so, like, I'm not taking any hits from the front. So then, range, like, if they're really out of positions, they're gonna have to, like, run around and cast and everything. Two is just continuous DPS on a go. Like, if you say, if you're like Garolan, when you needed to stand underneath the legs to, like, gain extra damage and be able to cleave better, or even like some other fights, but it's like range, like, weaknesses don't really get exploited that badly. And again, like, for some melee, again, like, I would say the tomb was, like, also kind of different for melee. Like, if you were, like, say, a warrior and you're just standing on a boss and you're, like, smashing, 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 boss dies, you collect loot, it's okay. It's a different thing when you're, like, tomb and you're rogue and you're, like, stab, stab, run away, so, come back, stab, stab, run away, so, come back. Because it's, like, looking at even tomb, which was a uh, melee-friendly part of the expansion, you have KJ... Whereas a melee, like some melee get to stand under the boss and do whatever they want. As a rogue, you're still expected to always be like running away, probably somewhere into range to get the soaks, pick up, get the soaks, kite the ball in the last phase. Say like last phase of KJ, you get the beams, you're still losing a bunch of just uptime on a boss because you're going to be going to safe spots. You get avatar when you have to like zoom around the room, trying to DPS maiden, coming back to get your soaks, staying spread out. I don't know. I mean, like, Maiden was kind of like a joke of a fight, so it wasn't that say, complex or, like, challenging, but I would still say that, like, getting melee orb soaks was harder than getting range ones was already, like, just pre-filtered for you. Like, as a range, you just stand there and, like, oh, there's an orb hitting me. That's cool. As a melee, you yeah. still need to weave in and out. So it's, like, especially bigger issue, I feel like, in terms of range versus melee tuning, is melee always has that issue that if you bring too many melees, every, anytime that there's, like, a spread mechanic, you just, like, want to die IRL and just like not do this fight it's like hey there's chain lightning on Coven that's a great concept I love that and then you have five melee hitting one boss instead of a small safe spot and yep. you're like let's let's do dancing there I I bring this up and it's not just trying to just you know mine the salt exactly but I like I always bring this up sort of on a, on a rogue perspective due to the fact that Rogues have always been seen as these classes that can cheese, soak, ignore all these mechanics, right? Or they're used to great length 
say like Mythic Blackhand last expansion, where you can completely ignore part of how a fight works with Blackhand Smash mechanic with like three rogues and faint, a built-in baseline mechanic. Right? They just they just won't die. So yeah, yeah rogues are often the exception to the melee rule. Like and and <laughs> much to the chagrin of many other melee specs, you know, if you've got a situation like Avatar where you say only want to bring you know, five or six melee, and you have to bring three rogues to so solo right. soak or a DK or somebody, you know, like all those other, you know, that leaves one or two melee spots for every other spec combined to join in. Uh, same yep. for KJ. Yeah, no, it's, I, I bring it up because of that. That's a good point. It's like almost this weird unfairness with how many melee you can physically bring to an encounter. But then if an encounter calls for, these harder to handle mechanics that are then easy for a rogue, you just bring rogues. And then you can't bring any other melee. So like there's there's this huge divide with encounter design and then what you want to play and what you have fun playing that I mean even word up, right? Like the enhanced shaman senpai, he's played a lot of rogue because you just have to play rogues. And well, it also know. helps if you can survive mechanics. Sure, well sure, of course. <laughs> Shaman's defensives are pretty good, except they're 30 minute long. Well, a 30 minute long immunity. Yeah, I know it's pretty good. But I, I don't, I don't know why this keeps this keeps happening. I brought this up at BlizzCon, and I, where I interviewed Ian, straight up about, are they going to be addressing defensives and and utility kits in Battle for Azeroth? And the reply was not quoted. You can go back and check that on YouTube. That they'd rather cut back on those that have too many then add some to those that have too few. So first off, I was like, okay, rogues have five, so I guess they're losing something. Crimson Vile, goodbye. Oh. <laughs> hey, Crimson Vile's OP. I mean, I'll keep my faint. That's like a secure raid spot right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, ro like you say, rogues probably do have five. You know, they've got cheat death, faint, Crimson Vile. Cheat death is a talent? Cloak of Shadows. Jeez. Vanish and Cloak of Shadows. And vanish. Evasion. Evasion. <laughs> Six! Don't give the... I mean, Vanish is usually used as a DPS Yeah, we gotta cooldown. use that for DPS now. Correct. So I, I'll count. give that to Rogues. Count. <laughs> but that still means that you have a five. You know how many I have? I have one point-ish. Ankh is a very strong cooldown, as was mentioned at BlizzCon. I laughed so hard when that was brought up. I just laughed. I laughed. I laughed. Oh. And I mean, I feel like the whole like utility aspect is a much it's a, it's another very big issue in terms of class tuning, because like you said, like if you have like on one hand you have rogues that have like I can survive any single AOE damage and thing with faint, I can survive most of raid damage with cloak, maybe I don't know like honestly I don't remember last time like that evasion was that useful in raids for like as a melee DPS because if things are hitting you that you're evading them. Either there's a fixate mechanic or something is going terribly, terribly, terribly wrong and you're going to die anyway pretty soon. For those 1% heroics. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's a bit hard to ah. sort of like justify bringing other classes. Yep. If, if rogues do comparable damage, like if you have like shamans and rogues doing the same amount of damage, you can either bring a shaman who's going to go splat if like boss sneezes at him twice. Or you can bring a rogue who's just going to be like, I'm going to faint this, I'm going to cloak this, I'm going to cheat this, I'm going to vanish before this thing targets me. 
And yep. then I'm going to faint and cheat on Cloak again. Well, Gray, next... Gray, you're hurting his feelings. You can see the pain in his eyes. <laughs> and I mean, like, but the thing is, it can be applied to a lot of, like, classes. You can apply that to shamans. You can apply it to pretty much most classes. So, and to lesser extent, it happens to range because you have, like, you can bring a hunter that's going to sneeze if you get targeted more than every three minutes when your turtle is down. Or you can have a warlock who's, like, standing on Kikaros, like, yeah. I know that there's fire around me, but I'm just going to drain souls add and do like more HPS and healers. I, and I'm just like, ah. Oh. Drain soul will, will not be in that incantation, I can imagine, in uh, in the next expansion. We'll have to wait but, and see. But, yeah. Kind of like, I feel like a bigger issue is that like people aren't addressing, especially mm -hmm. like in sort of like lower tiers of progression. No offense to anyone. But if you're like raiding LFR, you might not exactly care like how much mechanics your class can survive. But if you like not even say like at our level but like looking at some of the like like top two world level because there's like really no top three world level consistently you have to care a lot about like survival of classes like can a class survive mechanics like say like on argus like i imagine like a lot of people would actually like really like to bring like two enhancement shamans because they do pretty good dps they're strong they're actually good class except you get to last phase and you're not going to be able to survive it. Even the first phase is like very sketchy for shamans. Well, pff, I I've got you there, because in the last phase of Argus, you can't die if you're already dead. I've well, got that's the... why I said you bring two shamans, because you're not going to yeah. have two ghosty boys running around collecting orbies. I mean, come on that, now. And you, you just yeah. get Demon Hunter with Mastery set, and they just you can also even jump over those little things. Yeah, they can it's jump insane. as a wisp. I don't. Okay, that's wicked OP, but yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah, but I mean, I, like, you know, yeah. this, this type of thing is hard. I, I can understand it's hard to balance from, from a game design perspective because you're sitting down for an expansion and thinking, oh, what cool things can we add to this class? Oh, that sounds neat. Let's add that in. And you don't find out that it's supremely broken until you're a second raid tier <laughs> or something. Yeah. What are you going to do retroactively go back and, and completely change everything? So it's tricky. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure on paper, you know, Oh, let you know, warlocks getting absorb shields when they do damage. No problem. That sounds awesome. That's gonna be like a minor thing to increase their soloing ability when they're doing world quests. Mm. Oh wait, it makes them invincible to everything. Oh I no. Didn't break <laughs> Iron Maiden. That never happened before. Warlocks getting absorbs and being used instead of as another tank. That's a new. Mister, I want you to wrap this up for us about the range versus melee uh, back and forth here. What are your your thoughts on on this and the state of Rogue cheese, I suppose. Just play rogue. <laughs> Actually, at, at the moment, yeah. But um, yeah, everything was set so far. I think rogue has a lot of utility that is uh, kind of imperative for a few bosses to to bring along to to play them, especially in progress. And um, I'm kind of curious how they will address this in in BFA. Faint is, for example, an issue because you can just spam it. Maybe they they work on that. I I don't really know what they're gonna do, but um, the issue certainly exists. Mm. I mean, actually, I do hope that they do, and they just go and cut extra cooldowns, and feel like it will like actually make great tuning a lot easier when you don't have to like design mechanics with divine shield, ice block, cloak, turtle, everything in mind. We've seen that on very mattress where it's like, hey. Hunters and rogues can cheese that mechanic. Hey, hot fix next week because we forgot about those mechanics. So removing immunities and just giving like defensive some cooldown will just make raid mechanics way easier to tune. Yeah, uh, 
There, and of course, there's Kib chiming in in chat. Fate will have a four-second cooldown in BFA. Definitely fixed. <laughs> I fixed. mean, honestly, honestly, putting a, a mid cooldown on Faint wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. I think Aethys has floated that minute. one before. But how will I dump my extra focus? I mean, energy. Wow, wow, don't call it. Oh, don't call it that. That's risky. He's been playing but, Hunter too much. Yeah. Ugh. Anything else on the first half of the show before I move us on? Because I wanted to get into a little bit of guidey stuff. And then uh, we, we got to poke the bear a little bit, I think. Anyone else got anything from the first half? Are we good? Yeah, exactly that. Good? Gentlemen? All right. So... I need to plug a few things, and I said earlier in the beginning of the show that there are some announcement-y bits, especially those that are on Patreon supporting the show. First off, of course, if you want more of the show and more of me talking to nerds, there are 30, uh, 32, I can't do math, 32 additional podcasts. Of course, the, the further back you go, I, even though I would go back... There is a two hours of Preacher and myself talking about the state of Legion for that show prep. That one has some juicy bits in it. And we talk about the uh, the whole not going to mention it on the show during this BTS podcast with the uh, my guests that are currently on for this catch-up one. This is a uh, meet-and-greet podcast. These are happening either before or after. You can go check those out. You can also follow along on the show notes and see how they're all put together if you'd like to do that. But this right here... So there are different tiers on Patreon, and I wanted to make sure I bring this up right here, that the legendary or above tiers, there's going to be our first sort of private, uh, you have to be at the tier above uh, live stream on the platform on Patreon this Saturday at noon Eastern, 5 p.m. GMT. So noon Eastern, 5 p.m. GT this Saturday to gather feedback and you guys can give me direct back and forth via the chat. It'll only be a, a stream for you guys that are on, on Patreon on that tier or above. And you can give me any, any feedback, any questions you have that's happening this Saturday. This will be about once a month, if not bi-monthly. Uh, once a month is fine if we have enough people that are interested in how these go. This is the first one we're doing a test bed wise. And then the Azerite tier and above patrons, uh, I need your birthdays because if you want that reward, then I need the birthdays. So there's a post. Go check that and fill that out if you would like. If if it's, you know, I'll send you like a weird like Merry, Merry Christmas, Great Aunt Mirtha card. They'll be ridiculously weird. That's the whole point. But those are there. So check that out if you would like. And again, if you're on YouTube right now, you can check out all the past shows. They're all organized by years. So if you have any shows from last year or 2016, they're all just chunked, playlisted by years. So you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and check those out. And they're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music, audio only. And if you want to hit me up in, in uh, either on Twitter or in Discord for the RSS feed, if you want to hook that in, that works too. If you want to listen to the show itself... But if you want to support the show, and I've done more digging into this, of course, as I plugged this last week, part in sponsored by the affiliate, whatever you want to call it, hashtag sellout moment, Daily Harvest, if you want to support the show in a more physical, literal way, you can eat this stuff and support the show. But there are breakfast bowls, parfaits, smoothies, soups, a whole bunch of really good stuff on Daily Harvest, and you can use the code FINALBOSSTV to get your three of your first order of six cups or more free. If you want to do that, you can set that up 
link down below and of course in the YouTube description box down there. Uh, I've been partaking in Daily Harvest for the better part of a year. It's real good. I'm not even trying to like upsell you. It's just really good. So there is that. So thank you to all those that are checking it out. And tweet me or hit me up in Discord and tell me how it is when you do get your first box of stuff. But let me bring this over here. Bring the talent calculator over. I haven't looked at one of these in a long time. Because it is time to... And of course, we first half of the show, we talk about all, all the resources you guys have, right? So go to Ravenholt for these things. Go check the, the Discord. Do you guys have an FAQ tab in Ravenholt Discord? Or do you have like a pin section yeah, there's an FAQ channel. Okay. Because it's... We're not going to go over all this in super detail. If you want more about relics and legendaries and all this other madness, then go check that out. But I wanted to go over a quick overview of, like, the cookie-cutter specs that are running around right now. Do each one of you want to take one of each of these? Or does someone want to just run through these all with me here? What, what do you want to do? Not outlaw. Not outlaw. So who's taking Outlaw? I want to do Outlaw first. Missler didn't say. <laughs> we got him. Oh, okay. Missler, you want to run us through like what an Outlaw... What's Outlaw running right now? Well, well all right. Let, let's talk about Outlaw. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so not... outlaw, outlaw specs are slightly contentious because there's mm. a little bit of a holy war between the Slice and Dice and non-Slice and Dice crowd. Oh, is there exactly. still? Yes. Really? It, it has really gotten um, worse with the latest uh, patch because slice and dice is pretty much vi uh, viable not right now, mm. and it was before. So yeah, there's there's those two builds. Do you have the talent calculator over open right now? Yeah, I was I was I pulled it up. I have the WoW DB ready to go. I'm yeah. just curious to see like because we talk about this at the beginning of the expansion like what what talent hierarchy we're seeing here and this is the basis for all the classes and again if you barring legendaries relics nlc madness that's all written in guides but i want to see like what talents have come to the forefront this late in the expansion where people are running so yeah embrace the pirate so what's what are pirates specking nowadays like what, what what's what's the hierarchy like well it's probably best to start with the level 100 tier because this is really what decides how the gameplay will look like. Um, basically, Outlaws have their Roll the Bones spell, which will give you random buffs, and you can opt out of that mechanic by using the Slice and Dice talent, and this uh, will just give you a flat attack speed and energy regeneration increase based on your combo points for a certain duration. And uh, based on that tier, you will also adjust the other talents also just to a very small degree. Most talents are somewhat set in stone in the current meta. Um, so the tier that is most affected is currently the level 15 tier because Slice and Dice Rogues play with Ghostly Strikes in single target. And otherwise, people usually play with Quick Draw, which is uh, a passive. And Ghostly Strike is another active ability that mm. you use to support your, your rotation. Um, yeah, I mean, frankly, the rest of the outlaw talent tree really doesn't matter that much because it's got a lot of support stuff, um, you know, and, and kind of tiers where there's one very, very standout option, like the Alacrity with, and the 90 tier, just the Cannonball Barrage and Killing Spree just don't compete with it at all. 
so how many times Ale Alacrity pushed you through the world and killed you? Huh? <laughs> Never. <laughs> and then you so got the thirty it's... tier, which is mostly mobility and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's kind of there. There aren't that many choices to make with outlaw talents, other than you know, are you going to play slice and dice or not? What is the so a ghostly strike pairs with slice and dice? What and quick draw pairs with what? Then are you, is it is it marked for death or death from above? They are both Mark viable, but Mark for Death is the one that people usually play on single target fights, especially. Yeah. Mm, okay. And you usually use Quick Draw because, I mean, the, the non slice and dice build usually runs the uh, green skins bracers for the yeah for that build. The slice okay. and dice build depends a lot on auto attack damage, so you'll also take everything that buffs your auto attack damage there. You'll use the Convergence of Fates if you have one. You will use the ring from of stars i think mm -hmm. that will yeah. buff your auto yeah. attack damage and uh, the pantheon empowerment procs also scale really well with yeah. outlaw night night blooming frond if you can get a high i like oh yeah still really wow yeah no it's very like night blooming frond does like seven percent of my damage with a nine ten nine fifteen frond what's the energy tier look like for the slice and dice build then 45 tier Deeper stratagem is also very set in stone at the moment Still, there. Right, yeah. You, you, you don't really need Vega because Outlaw is partially overflowing with energy, so no need mm. to skill that. Okay. That looks... It's funny. I, I, I don't know why I remember this exactly because it's been over a year, but I know how Deeper stratagem started off being like, Bleh! and now it's funny here, like, it's locked in. <laughs> Which I like seeing how that sort of evolves over an expansion, but funny. Because I thought it was a lot of fun just playing it back in, in the beta. I like that that feel, but that makes sense. I mean, obviously, a deeper strategy slice and dice lasts for 42 seconds. That's a long time for uptime-wise. pandemic lad. Hmm. So I think it goes to, like, 58 seconds? 58, yeah. Oh, Usually wow. If you refresh during pandemic, which you want to do when you're, sure. you're running the buff. Right. Yeah, but Matt would stack obviously. That's why you say alacrity as well, and yeah, because lo loaded dice will buff your slice and dice as well if you're not running roll the bone. So when you when you refresh slice and dice there, you want to do it pandemic and get like the super long buffed slice and dice. Sure, no, that makes sense. The level ninety tier is a bit unfortunate, I think, because alacrity is set in stone, but it is, I I think it's pretty boring. It's it's just stacking up pace for you and performs so well and completely outperforms the other two talents, Cannonball Barrage and Killing Spree, which are very cool, in my opinion, yep. but I've just no reason it, to play it, them. It is really one of the few... It's one of the few times, I think, where they've made a complete passive that competes so well against, like, two very active abilities. Like, usually it's the other way around, where the super passive option is, is usually the lesser tuned option. Lemon Zest? Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been running uh, AS Ancestral Swiftness, which is the passive haste gain, almost the entire expansion. Almost the entire expansion. So, I mean, it happens there, too. I almost I almost wonder if they need to be really more, a lot smarter with talent design in battle, that they really shouldn't be putting passives in active tiers. A tier should have three actives or three passives, because that determines a lot more easy either numerical play, which can be tuned, or just actual gameplay. So, I, I think Blizzard stated their intent on having one passive in every row. I think. 
they really want to make these optional that if, if you want to play like the easy way you can yeah. just go all passive and choose actives if you yeah. want more opt-in complexity yeah i, I think like that's definitely some something passes. very good i feel like in some cases like you can having a passive can actually lead to more complex game styles than having an active and vice versa i mean it really depends a lot on tuning and i feel like also like you can say have something like and another example being say guardian druids like you can have galactic guardian which is a passive you get a proc you do damage versus an active incarnation and say like, i think like and before like at least this week once they like did some things with tanks because everybody cares about tank dps so much but uh passive yeah. option was doing more damage but then if you look to the real fights like you could see that like yeah you might be doing more damage overall like on a single target six minute long fight with like galactic guardian but then you get fights where like say you get to do kj adds and you can head incarn and just like trash 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 and That's do big true. damage there you can get fights like king garas where you wanna you might want to sacrifice overall damage for a bit more burst in a specific point of the fight and so on so i feel like you can have even arguably say like weaker active talents if it's like say like you can lose 100k well you can lose 10k dps but double your burst I feel like that would be something that, like, you can look at the fight, like, if I if I have adds that I need to kill, I'll do the trade. Because you can even see that in Legendaries to some extent. Like, even, like, say, looking at sub before, there was a not as competitive, but fairly fun build that didn't use um, Deep Shadows, that didn't use uh, Shoulders. You just had, like, if you look at Sims, your damage just, like, goes up a bit, and then it just flatlines for five minutes. Because right. you just stay at the same exact damage, it's always the same, and it just, like, it was a very fun build to play, but your damage, like, you didn't see any spikes. Mm -hmm. And because of that, anytime there's, like, I was trying it on Avatar, and it's like, hey, you get a Maiden Shield, you probably want to pop cooldowns there, and it's like, ha, too bad, your damage actually doesn't change whatsoever. So you might, even if, like, I think at that point for me, it was actually simming a bit higher, I had to go and play a lower DPS build because it gives me more burst, it gives me more, like, condition, like, better for conditions that you're doing so okay. i feel like that, that's also like another thing to account for when like looking at passive or active talents yeah and i also don't think a, a, passive talents don't have to be boring Demon you know, Hunter. there there, there mm. are there are examples of passive talents that that have pretty reasonable gameplay implications if they're made in a way that creates an interaction between two abilities or something like that you know it doesn't but alacrity is not not one of those yeah, I sure. mean, it's just designed right. to just stack up in the background and have absolutely zero interaction whatsoever so at that point it's more of a design decision between like interactive versus non-interactive rather than active sure. and passive so if mistler got combat for us who wants sub Ooh, combat I'll do combat. Yeah, gotta call it combat. <laughs> sub, you wanna you wanna walk through what is what are sub rogues looking like then right now, Greyhound? What's like a, a build path that most people are playing? I mean, it, it's also like I feel like for sub rogues, it also depends between mythic plus and so rates. Of course, of course. But even even that, it's a bit. Let me actually pull it up. So it's is all that... it's all gloom blade. Uh, I know that's oh. right, right there. I'm gonna lock that in. Oh. 100%. I mean, for, for a while, for a while, for this patch, I think even for some people, it actually sims the highest, and you know, you're just like, see, this is one of those cases when you see, like, hey, this sims, like, 2k higher, I'm just not gonna play that anyway, and just, like, it's boring and it's not fun. Well, two, 2k Gloom, Gloom over doing 2 million, like, what is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gloomblade was, like, I think, 
Missler, you can correct me if I'm wrong. That kind of pulls ahead if you're running like the two-piece, four-piece build, I think. Um, Gloomblade runs ahead if you play with the Insignia Legendary with the Rain. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, mm. That really makes Gloomblade perform well. And it's a reason why I actually play Gloomblade in Raid at the moment, because uh, I got very high Titan Forged laggings, and um, mm. these make the cookie cutter build for me not as good as the ring builds, and that's why I play Gloomblade. But otherwise, yeah, Gloomblade. <laughs> so I feel like the biggest, in reality, the biggest difference. It, well, the most important talent, I would say, is tier 90, because you have Dark Shadows and Alacrity, which does nothing for you effectively. Like I said before, like me and Aegis talked about enveloping Shadows build right after the 7-2 rework, because it, it was like a bit different. That was the, like the smoothest butter does nothing damage build, but it just like it, it doesn't, it's not competitive because of that. So. Tier 90, you're pretty much always running Dark Shadows. I can't think of any situation right now where you wouldn't. Tier 100, you're almost always you're running Death from Above. It's uh, it's good on raids because, again, you can do the like super big snapshotty on Eviscerates to get those like 10, 15 mil crits, and then like a lot of classes complain, how is it balanced? <laughs> and it, it has a very nice benefit at Mythic Plus if you're running the shoulder build, the shoulder cape build, that you can just do insane bursts like uh, probably like highest like bursts within like two gcds where you just like press one button two button and everything dies or you do like a lot of damage to each target because it does have a nice aoe component around it yep which i don't think it's it's like it's not that strong in race but in mythic plus when you get to pull like 20 mobs together and aoe's it's insane 75 talent it's all utility so it doesn't exactly matter tier 60 i feel like you always run cheat deaths I think the only fight where I didn't run Shoot Das that I can remember was I ran Elusiveness on uh, the Kanjus and Nighthold because you could just soak soak the whatever thing comes out of his poop, like his farts, whatever, that do damage to you in stack. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it just helped reduce AoE. Tier 45, I believe it's always your stratagem. I think like you guys were recently talking about doing something with anticipation. Well, at some points, people ran anticipation because there was a bug, once again, with their artifact ability, that if you had, if you used the finisher when you had 10 combo points, the buff, well, I think it was 8 at that point, the buff for the next um, finisher from, like, finality would be higher. Again, oh. like, a small box. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's all right in AoE right now because yeah. you can overflow combo points a little easier and you try to use max combo points in aoe rotation so it, it can kind of have some it also like kind of yeah. depends on like number of targets like how, if you're trying to kill one priority target if you're trying to like there's a lot of things but i would okay. say like generally you run deeper stratagem territory you run night stalker it's especially nice for exactly that burst when you in aoe when you can do the vanish cloak inside of uh, shadow dance and tier 15, you run Weapon Master since it got fixed, unless you can, for some reason, Master of Subtlety might seem higher for you. I don't, don't remember exactly when, but Weapon Master, I feel like, is generally better in AoE. Gloomblade, again, if you have really bad or really good luck with the rest of your gear, it might seem highest for you. I don't think a lot of people like that build exactly, so most people that I know just run something, even if it drops their damage a bit, but... Generally, okay. I would say it's like 
if you get looking for like the most cookie cutter, best for most number of people, it's going to be Weapon Master, Night Stalker, Jeep, Dark Shadows, DFA. Yeah, Weapon Master scales really well with AOE with multiple targets. Single target people usually prefer Master of Subtlety. It's also much more consistent, but um, with more targets, definitely Weapon Master. And chat's bringing up Shadow Focus with Tier 21 now? Is that a thing? Or... Shadow Focus is interesting, yes. Tier 20 set bonus used to give us energy over time. And with that being gone, as people swap over to the Tier 21, tier 21 set bonus, um, Shadow Focus is actually an interesting choice. Um, it reduces your energy cost in, in stealth and thus um, kind of offsets that loss of the, the set bonus. And if you run with the new set, Shadow Focus might be something you may want to look at as, a, an, alternative, as an alternative to Night Stalker. Yeah, kind of what chat's saying too is it, it, rogues do, oh, especially for the mid and lower tier talents, uh, a lot of the options are fairly similar, you know, and they will waffle depending on your gear or your specific set bonus setup or whatever. And uh, honestly, the difference between some of them is very minimal. Uh, I think, you know, there have been various times when I was simming, say, Night Stalker versus Subterfuge, and the difference was like 2k DPS, you know, so I could yeah. just, I could roll a die and, and just pick randomly before the raid, it really wouldn't make a difference. But that, that is a good difference, especially as the numbers are so high, because then that la allows you to play a style that you want to play, because a, a talent in that regard might change how you approach things, but if it's so close then you actually can play the way you want to. That's yeah, good. I think, it's, I think it's a positive thing overall. I think the yeah. talent on, on a number of these tiers are balanced fairly well. Um, a couple of the other tiers, not so much. <laughs> well, sure. Sup is, Sup is very, very good about that. I think at the moment you do have several talent options mm -hmm. that you can think about. And the same goes also for legendaries. You do have a lot of options there too. And you may not always want to pick the bolt that sims best, but also think about, hey, this boss requires maybe some more soaking, so I could use the the uh, talent ring to get some more energy for that, or yeah, really think about the, the options. are there. really good for soaking too. You get so much healing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sub sub has always had uh, a decent variety of legendary use, just because the a lot of them are very close. I mean, the the hands did kind of pull ahead when when Fu figured out some optimizations there last year. But, you know, the Bracers have a, a really good in AoE situations where you can extend the duration of your cooldown because mm -hmm. you're, you've got uh, your combo point intake is so high. If you're, like, say, uh, Mistress, the Bracers were really good. Um, and, yeah, the Ring has become pretty decent as well recently, um, the uh, Insignia. Right. So that means we're going over to you, Koji, for Assassination. If you want to yeah. run me through, like, what's what's the cookie cutter or standard build that has sort of evolved so, now? So pretty much the focus now is uh, on and has been for some time on the poisons build. Um, assassinations basically have kind of two sub builds like built into their talent tree, where there's like one bleed focused build and with the exsanguinate and whatnot, and there's a poison focused build. But pretty much the poison build has been much higher or at least notably higher for quite some time now one scales is one of your stats as one does not hmm. right right so so pretty much like master poisoner and toxic blade and venom rush are just a lock 
Like there, there is just really not that much decision making on those tiers. And then you have two utility tiers. Uh, so really it's only the, the 30 and 45 tiers that really have any discussion at all. Um, Night Stalker versus Subterfuge are very close. And then they, they just waffle, waffle back and forth depending on uh, APL stuff and stats. I, I mean, for me, I've swapped back and forth between Night Stalker and Subterfuge like multiple times over the last three weeks. Um, one to uh, abuse the Night Stalker bug, but that's a well. different issue. Um, <laughs> for the tier 45, Vigor tends to come out ahead in most builds just because assassination and single target is it usually is running very low on energy. Um, but that changes quite a bit in AOE situations because it's very easy to, to start getting very high energy gains from Venom Rush and the uh, set bonus, uh, the tier 21 set bonus in, in, say, Mythic Plus or whatever. You just have tons of energy. So uh, you generally wouldn't use Vigor too often in, in AOE situations, and you might swap over to something like Anticipation or Deeper Stagion. But that will depend on Gear 2. You know that this is a sim yourself type of situation with those two tiers, because they're they're just both very close. Okay. I mean the the master poisoner and toxic blade just become completely no brainers because so much of your damage is poison damage. Yeah. And to toxic blade buffs all of that additional damage. It buffs King's Bane, and you know we our our bleeds have scaled and our bleeds have uh, scaling crits now with the set bonus. So everything is just bleed focused. Um, there's just no way around that at all. Uh, as such, you know, the bracers tend to be the go-to legendary along with the shoulders just because they increase, you know, they add the execute effect to your, your poisons and bleeds. Um, but there are some other legendaries that sim close, but I think in general, especially in raids, the bracers tend to be very powerful just because they give you an execute mechanic. And a lot of these fights in Antorus have end of fight burn phases that are very dangerous and being able to do more damage in those phases is beneficial yeah i remember talking about assassination very specifically and i thought it was a neat build path that you have this back and forth on on bleed style builds or very poison focused builds and it's just unfortunate that the, the scaling towards the end of the expansion has obviously pushed itself really far towards the one that actually will continually scale with your gear, I suppose. And there's just way too much that you can stack to help poisons over bleeds. Yeah, so, I, I think it's kind of a, you know, it was an interesting idea, but probably not, you know, probably a bit of a failed experiment just because, you know, having to pick on one versus the other, it's going to be very hard to build the class in a way where those are going to be equally oh, balanced all the well, time. You know, it's going to go one way or it's going to go the other way. And bleeds. And then it, all of a sudden, tuning changes. Because, mm. I mean, like, it, it's just like when you design a class and half of its damage scales with your mastery and the other half doesn't, obviously it's a build that, like, actually benefits from mastery scaling. Right. Long enough time will work, but it's like, if you just make it so that, like, Mastery now also affects your bleeds, and in BFA, haste also affects your bleed speed tick rate. Then all of a sudden, you actually have like more potential for scaling. Yeah, and more fun spaghetti bugs that we're gonna find for all of beta. I wonder if they would. <laughs> I wonder if they would just make assassination just poison focused in battle and remove the whole bleed component entirely, 
and move bleeds to like other rogue spec feral. or just out of there feral yeah i mean because feral obviously is about bleeds so because having both in the same just looks like it causes development problems because if one is too strong then it's all you play if the other is too strong that's all you play and it ruins the other half of what their goal was so yeah i mean you have to use both anyway because they built in some interactions there to, oh, to of make course, it of course, so, of course you know like they've got toxic rush right so that will only give you the energy back if you have both poisons and bleeds on the target at the same time so they've kind of built in some safety mechanisms to keep like one from falling out of the rotation right but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're gonna go one path or the other when you're choosing what to buff or to focus on. All right. So that out of the way, and again, if you need more information on all the inner workings of all that stuff, then just a Discord, b Ravenholt, check that out because there's a whole bunch of you know relics or NLC madness traits, artifacts, all that combination. I'm not gonna go over all that rigmarole. So go grab that in the the guides and the resource section on Ravenholt. Just just go go dig in. We just wanted a, a little overview of those because it prefaces the rogue hierarchy overall. And the first bullet point I have on here is outlaw actually that bad. And because we had high hopes for outlaw being the expansion, right? Pirates are pirates, ninjas, and and assassins, I guess. But. Yikes. So what's the good... Yeah, who wants to tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly of the rework now that we're a year plus into the expansion? I don't know who... I mean, roll the bones, staying, should it be removed? What You have the good? What's the good? Yeah. You actually use different abilities from what you used for the last 10 years. Oh? So I guess we're finally gone away from Sinister Strike and Eviscerate. Sure. I mean, Slice and Dice still there, but maybe eventually, kind of. Okay. I don't. I don't. You also have grappling hook. Grappling hook is pretty fun when you get to use it. Hell and yeah. It uh, and you don't have killing spree killing you. I don't think there's anything else that's uh, good that I have. Maybe somebody else. Oh, really? <laughs> well, okay. Outlaw is the only rogue spec that actually has cooldowns and scale well in AoE. So that's another fun aspect. It's like, sup, you have shadow blades that on AoE, on actually big enough AoE, don't do anything, which is amazing. You just have cooldowns. It's like, woo. I have pretty animation. Mm -hmm. It also then, scales from haste. It's the only rogue spec that scales from yeah, haste. Yeah, you have assassination. Oh. Is like, I'm going to mark one target in a pack of 20 mobs. And yeah, cool. And Outlaw actually like, yeah, I'm going to pop adrenaline rush and increase my AoE damage. I'm going to have the Dreadblades. Actually works in AoE. and does affect your rotation pretty significantly. So you I guess it's like a plus. Chat brings yeah. up, we have a pistol now. We got a pistol. I think I it looks... I think it looks the best, personally. Just putting that out there. Thunder Fury. You get a you get a new Thunder Fury. That's true. Right. True. I mean, I think from a flavor perspective and the abilities and stuff, Outlaw is cool. You know, I think most of the problems come down to the execution of the mechanics and, uh, you know, the fact that it's kind of equal parts, lots of RNG and equal parts, kind of boring. You know, mm. like the the rotation needs some some special sauce in it to make it a little more interesting because it's got a lot of things going on, like minor things. It's got all kinds of little buffs that, like, oh, your next saber slash is gonna hit an additional time, or this next thing does ten percent more damage. But they're all like kind of background and in in you know automatic, 
and nothing is really worth playing around. It doesn't change your rotation. Like there's a couple procs that change your rotation, but very few. And you just kind of do your thing. And if you get good luck and good procs, you're happy and you're on the top of damage meters. And if you don't, you're you're somewhere towards the bottom. So it's it's unfortunate. It feels kind of bad. Yeah, that's that's the hierarchy of 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 RNG that is been very prevalent for and roll bone started off really bad earlier on in legion it's obviously gotten much better and as we brought back up going the overview that obviously there's a back and forth on roll the bones versus slice and dice now because they've buffed it probably an innumerable amount of times over the course of the expansion to try to get it to be comparable as it as an alternative play style but i think with outlaw survival definitely demon hunter itself and Demonology Warlock, again, <laughs> those are probably under the scalpel for Battle for Azeroth, definitely getting some, some TLC, because they all have stuff, but at the same time, it's just like, eh, it's almost you know there. You know what else is common between all of those three specs outside of Demon Hunters? Hmm. Lowest rep and raids, pretty sure. Oh, uh, lowest like, representation. If you look at heroic raids, I'm pretty sure, like, Outlaw, Survival, and Demo are the least played specs in, like, Heroic and Taurus. I think it was. Yeah, we can, I mean, yeah. I can go look. That's actually curious to look at that right now. Statistics. It, it might have been Mythic, it might have been Heroic, I'm not as sure, but what's... I mean, the problem with Roll to Bones is not just RNG, it's also not very approachable. Because it's very hard, at, you know, say you're a casual player and you're picking up that spec for the first time. You you're, don't know... Yeah what those buffs do if the good buffs are bad buffs do i have to set up weak auras to track if i have two good ones versus three good ones versus yeah. one bad like you know it's just inherently very confusing as a mechanic so it doesn't really surprise me it's not super popular also re-rolling the buffs i feel like that's uh that's that's like a kind of problematic mechanic where it's like if like, hey, you got buffs, but they're not good enough. So instead of like going and doing like run through or everything else, you're just gonna keep on rolling again. So that's from design perspective. I don't know if it's like you popped a cooldown, but instead of a cooldown, you were just cycling through things. And then like, hey, you got six buffs. So There's like five seconds left. I mean, some people, people in the community have had some good ideas on how you could re revamp roll the bones and make it into like a short cooldown and some cycled thing or something to make it more, you know, less RNG and more approachable. But you know, cycled we'll, thing. We'll see what they do for Outlaw. The mm -hmm. They're gonna call I... it uh, inside bones. Oh gosh, I wanted to to look at this because you brought that up, and I had to type this up manually. So I did mythic. All bosses, current raid, current patch, etc. 50th percentile, and you're not wrong. Like the the amount of aggregate data we have here is, like you said, survival, demonology, and outlaw rogue are the lowest parsed in mythic. And if you want to toggle this over to the 50% heroic as well and scroll down, it is the the same actually. There's obviously like you there's still Right, but there, but there's still lots. Like, I mean, there's thirty five thousand heroic in this parsed area for outlaw. But I mean, thirty five thousand outlaw versus two hundred thousand marksmanship hunters or three hundred and forty six thousand havoc demon hunters. Right, like th th this, the math is here. It is definitely the lower end for sure. Even yeah, like if if you look at heroic Argus, for example, which is I think I don't know. So like. I'm seeing that, let's say, there's uh, 
34 and a half thousand affliction parses and one and a half thousand demo so it's like 20 times more represented right affliction versus demo and then there's also destro which is again like not that high but still four times representation of demo mm -hmm. outlaw is like 2.8 assassination is 14 and then there's still sub survival is a big 728 survival parses versus 23,000 bm hunters and like another 17 marksmen I so like, oh, no, go ahead. I, I, I just like the numbers here because I'm surprised I toggled to mythic 99th percentile and there are still 685 survival parses. So you do you, I feel like it shows survival hunters. Parses. No, I, I yeah. think 99th percentile, it shows you the damage, but parse yeah. numbers won't change. Right. But it's like, that. that's the issue that I feel like <laughs> one thing you kind of need to look at, what exactly, like, happened this expansion that you re like the major reworks happened to outload demo survival and like a few other classes but i don't think like anything as major as those three mm -hmm. and all of them failed mm -hmm. so i feel like blizzard kind of should because like we had outlaws in the past i mean um uh reworks of like classes in the past and they've been like hit and miss but generally they've been kind of still like well received and here even like this patch you have survival that's apparently actually doing like fairly competitive damage kind of supposedly for like all five survival hunters who play it and mm. really good at it because there's only five of them but it's like if you have like just three new root classes reworks and all of them fail you kind of need to look and see what exactly is the issue because it's probably somewhat shared it's not just going to be like hey completely different like things happening everywhere i would, is... I would also say we missed one good aspect of of outlaw which is it it does actually have fairly strong aoe capabilities and uh consistent aoe capabilities uh the problem is there's really not any fight in particular that leverages that really significantly right now well especially now like, that you have assassination was four piece it's also consistent. yeah i mean if you look at it for example like you know i considered when we were having issues with ads on Viramathras, I, I considered going outlaw because they can actually do damage to the ads, whereas sub and assassination just can't do anything to the ads. Um, but you know, it's it's a very minor thing. I think I think outlaw could be good. I think the variance is just it makes it really hard in a progression rating environment to have the high variance in there, and that's not even you know the sims don't even always consider. The fact that in, you know, in a real raid, due to the mechanics of the Pantheon Trinket, if you're relying on the Pantheon Trinket for a big chunk of your damage, like like Outlaw does, and you look at logs afterwards, and you're like, I got one proc, yeah. <laughs> and somebody else, some other agility DPS like Babs stole all 28 wow. procs. Cold uh, you get you get a little salty about that. So <laughs> you bring up. You bring up AOE, and that sort of coattails into the last major topic I had here about Mythic Plus. Because then I asked, like, so which spec is the best for rogues in Mythic Plus? And we've seen rogue representation, of course, over the MDI, and we have the next season of it soon, next iteration of it soon after the changes. But is there is there a different hierarchy in that regard? Because Mythic Plus is a huge part of the game now. It is not going away. It is going to be evolved and iterated upon in Battle for Azeroth. So is that just sort of where Outlaw is? And no. 
See, like that's right now it would still it still be sub an assassination See, because again, it's like you have those snitches that sub has the whole like shoulder cape vanish DFA thing where you just go and explode for like hunt like more than hundred million damage like in a small pools in like two GCDs. Assassination still has you pull twenty mobs that take like say thirty seconds to die and you have enough time to just get poison bump rocks. And outlaws just like. I'm gonna hit it, but it, it's not gonna burst as hard as sub. It might sustain, but then things usually don't live long enough. Yeah, and yeah. I don't even think it's gonna sustain as hard as assassination. Yeah, they do decent sustain, and you know you can run bark for death, and that's quite good. But it it it's awkward. Like roll the bones causes all kinds of problems in dungeons too. Like are you gonna waste half your roll the bones duration on a good roll, just like running between packs or sit there re-rolling? Yeah, you're trying I... to burst stuff down. Like it just ah! isn't, it's just not very practical. Or your sub, you do sub, you know you're gonna, you know, come out of stealth. Shadow shadow strike DFA combo do a ton of damage to everything in the pack. Yeah, and that's gonna happen every single pull with zero variance whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I think burst air really dominates the current. Let's mm -hmm. call it M plus meter. So uh, sub really has an edge there. Yeah, and also I, good legendaries to support that burst. I mean, right. we t we talked about it a bit the other day, but like I think assassination with with the set bonus is not terrible for Mythic Plus. I don't think it's as good as sub for high tiers but like you know i don't push super high keys very often anymore i actually see the opposite like i, I it's really good on high keys when you get to like 24s 25s because oh, really? you're you're not gonna yeah, burst I, I can see that. There. and you just get to like spread dots you have your like poison sticking and everything you get poison bomb procs while that's another thing that like really high tiers right now so people are pushing keys people are doing 25s 26 27 that's pushing MDIs, even like last MDIs, I think people were doing like 24 keys to MDIs around 17. So MDI still has a different meter from what like yeah. current top end is. So you're going to be doing lower keys because nobody wants to like outside of like fun fun teams in Arcway and uh, some Chinese teams and Nell Slayer, you're generally not going to want to sit and like watch team on a tournament just like, hey, we got kind of stuck by this boss, so we're going to wait like 40 minutes to try and kill it. You want to do it like to bring down the difficulty so you don't get like an hour plus like 60 deaths uh arc yeah runs. i mean the affixes definitely play into it too in terms of the two like there's some strengths and weaknesses like <laughs> so many times when i've played sub and mythic plus and you're doing like bolstering or whatever and you're like First try thing. not to try not to kill every kill everything <laughs> evenly and you do death from above and hit a, a viscerate crit on your target for like 17 million damage like that makes it a little awkward <laughs> yeah if you're not playing very very high keys and uh, you burst down a group you and with bursting ethics you just talk to your healer hey can you do this because there are stacks incoming but i've been lazily running assassination and mythic plus most weeks now and i, I think it performs fairly well like I, I i don't think most people if you're playing assassination well you're gonna have problem doing mythic plus really Okay. Yeah, that's the, one of the tags I hear. Is assassination just too consistent in comparison? And then where does sub subtlety fall? So that the, both of those still have way more in the court. And that always comes up with rogue, hunter, mage, and warlock, is that two of your specs normally compete for the top spot, and then you have one that's just sort of there. The old hierarchy used to be that you had like a, one that was way more focused on PvP, one that worked really good in endgame high-end raids, and then your third was just like, you could play it, 
it was fine, sort of middle ground. But it's definitely a lot more prevalent in Legion where you have two front runners and one behind. And that's for all four of the pure DPS specs right now. And that's just mathematically true, which it just, just happens. It just kind of always sort of goes that way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would say that assassination is kind of average consistency. Uh, poison Bomb kind of throws a monkey wrench in the works. Like, if mm, it true. weren't for Poison Bomb, assassination <laughs> would be very consistent. But It should uh, just be it, a spell or a talent. You know, like, Poison Bomb can swing mm. damage even on pure single target by a massive amount. 10%. You know, like, you're talking about, I, you know, I've had farces where... I was doing Veramathris a couple of weeks ago and Poison Bomb did 2.8% of my damage instead of the average, which is 7. And your top person on the fight has 23% of their damage <laughs> yep, from Poison yep, yep. Bomb. So there's that. I mean, sub is very consistent. Sub is a very, very consistent mm -hmm. spec. And if, if you execute the rota rotation correctly, there isn't really a ton of RNG other than our new set bonus, which everyone hates. Well, I mean, okay. Those are going away in Battle for Azeroth, though, so we don't have to worry <laughs> was, about that anymore. It, it was a little more consistent in T20. Uh, you could basically do the same thing every pull in T20, like when I was on Kill Jaden or whatever. I, I could just do the whole rotation on autopilot. Right. Do the same same damage, same rotation every pull. Right. Which, that that's, I mean, that's what chat brings up. Sub isn't consistent with the new Tier 21 four-piece getting four eviscerates in one Shadow Dance window, Craigasm. But that... It's it's a fairly rare occurrence, so hmm. the variance, the average variance of sub is still the lowest of any of the three specs. Okay. So compared compared to the others that have, you know, some more wildly swinging abilities that you can't control. Right. Which but sometimes it's okay to have a set bonus, at least to a degree, that does change up the playstyle. Otherwise, that's the one thing we're worried about, at least that some people have echoed for for battle, is that with no set bonuses. Are, is Azerite gear going to have enough of an impact to make us change? Or are we going to be hitting the same buttons in the same order for two years? Which, that may happen. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that if you're not a slave to so much RNG, do you have more fun playing your class? Do you do this consistency scale just go up for everyone? I don't know. Basketball developers, RNG equals fun. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, the set bonus thing is definitely like a bittersweet thing for me because I've, I've been playing since vanilla and sets have always been such a big thing, you know? And right. they are that avenue for changing your rotation like mid-expansion because Blizzard has a tendency to avoid major changes uh, between expansions mechanically and it lets them kind of inject some stuff that wouldn't otherwise happen. So I, I think we'll just have to see what the Azerite stuff brings. It could be, you know, talent changing level stuff, or it could just be passives that don't really affect much at all. Yeah. So we're at sort of the end here, that if chat has any questions, you can toss them up so the guests can sort of rebuttal on them or answer them depending on how it works out. We have a couple of minutes for those. Of course, if you do have questions for episodes as they come up or of course questions for me to test when battle for azeroth coverage can begin and shows for it can happen then link down below on the channel guide for the discord server that you can join for final boss tv don't have to be a sub or anything subs get like full control they can go everywhere but the general chat i use sort of for 
the Q&A. And if you actually have legit questions you want to get in touch with me with, that is a unlock on Patreon that you can just send me a question directly. And I will I will put it in the show notes. But Oh, is dog? Yes. I was wondering what is that dog? noise was behind the scenes. Yeah, I was I was asked by like a ton of people for is dog to join us on stream. Well, dog is here now. I don't know. Is that is it is it dog or is it still a pupper? What where do you where do you rate? It's a honestly, I would say it's a cat. Oh. Because <laughs> we actually had a really fun moment today when there we I went to like a new uh, dog uh, playpen in mm. our area, which is like about like up to my neck, and some dog like half her size just started running at her and for some reason she got scared because she bullies normally she bullies dogs like four times her size which is hilarious to see mm. she's a she's a bit toxic bully but uh some dog like half her size uh started running at her she got scared she just started jump and climbing the cage like i had to sprint and just catch her as her like legs are already over it and i'm just like okay this is we're never coming back here again but she climbs like a squirrel or a cat more so than a dog but it's a mm. pupper Reporting a dog for fly hacks, by the way. Yeah. Must so, be a PvPer. Toxic and bully PvPer confirmed, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, Northern asks about which one of you will regret losing artifacts if none of its talents are embedded into talent trees. I guess to expound, which maybe which spec would hurt the most from not retaining any of those? Outlaw, probably. Cat like reflexes, sub. Oh come on! They, they better make that passive, man. Oh. I, I don't. I can't live without. I, I will no die as damage. soon as we'll take falling damage again. Just roll Pandaren. There you go. <laughs> Catlight reflexes baseline. I mean, there there are quite a lot of mechanics built into all all the rogue specs. Right. That you know, I they're gonna have to roll stuff baseline. I I think it's it's gonna be very difficult to to get away with nothing yeah. translating over. But that being said, I do feel like that artifact has the biggest impact on outlook. Is like a sub, you gain or fiends, you gain like finality, which is nice, but doesn't really change much. Mm -hmm. I don't. We we gain something else probably. We gain like Shadow Nova and like the ghosty spooky ads that doesn't really add anything besides like small AOE and like a small single target. Yeah. As assassination, you get. King's Bane, which is, I guess, nice, but still, like, not as significant as you would want, and it's still only single target, which is not fun. Poison you... Bomb? Poison Bomb is coming already back as a talent on Yeah, Blizzcon, that's already so confirmed, uh... so we know, so we know they're bringing that over. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, whatever. And while, like, as, as Outlaw, you're missing Dreadblades, you're missing uh, Greed procs, which are pretty big. Yeah. You're, you're missing, well, probably missing something else. It's a bit... Mm, but I feel like Outlaw overall would lose so much, especially because if we look at a, uh, say, legendary impact, I've already, see I'm, I'm pretty sure it's also confirmed, like at least on BlizzCons, that our uh, mantle is coming back. So, outside of that, for like assassination, you might like lose legendary cloak for AOE, lose poison knives. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you lose a whole lose rotation. <laughs> As assassination, I guess you once again we don't have execute because rope dispatch. May you come back and uh, be a for us, please. So we hit something other than mutilate. But yeah. as Outlaw, again, as Outlaw, you're losing Bracers, which is, uh, I would say, probably one of the most rotation-impacting legendaries for all of Rogues. 
Yeah, I think I think racers for assassination, like Athis brings up in chat, are would be a good candidate for bringing baseline. I mean, obviously they've confirmed the shoulders or some version of the shoulders is making it into a talent, which makes sense. The shoulders have dominated basically every spec, every yeah, build. I, that'd be interesting to see how they iterate upon that because we don't know how legendaries are going to be in battle if they're going to be all like utility fun. Hopefully, because um, they can't compete with the neck or the Azerite gear, so. But which legendary passives or abilities become talents or get rolled into the class that are so integral that they cannot remove them without gutting? Because they're doing a downsizing in Battle for Azeroth for sure. Not just the item squish itself, but you take off your artifact weapon right now in Legion, and a lot of specs just don't work. <laughs> so. Arms, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It, and a big way, enhancement doesn't work. You just kind of sit there and hit three buttons and just wait. So, I mean, yeah, is that is that that very different? This guy though, Phaedrin wants to know currently which spec and or build is best for new rogue players, like intro to something like a mid tier player, like picking up rogue. I guess that kind of depends on how you want to play and how easy how easy you want the reputation to be. Um, and mm. also on the level you want to play on, of course, if you're not rating like high level mythic tier, and I think you can pretty much play what you want, just try out every spec, every every single spec uh, place differently. And you should really try which one you like best and, and probably play that because you'll always be best at what you prefer to play. Yeah, I mean, Assassination is the lowest APM spec, so if you're not like a super button smashy Twitch type of person, I think it's probably a good place to start. But like any bleed dot class, you know, you have to kind of have some stuff set up to dot track and, and do that type of thing. So that's not everybody's thing. Mm. Um, subs rotation is a little tricky, some of the aspects, but I don't think it's actually too bad to learn if you're kind of quick on your keyboard and, and you don't mind doing kind of some more complex little series of button presses. And okay. otherwise, it's not too bad to learn. Um, sub sub is not too bad to pick up at all, to be honest, especially for like Mythic Plus and stuff. I would say the two easiest specs like in general to learn would be either Assassination, because like it, it has some like things to min-max, but overall it's keep your poisons up and hidden venom if you're looking at like very basic level. Other basic option is to just go and play Slice and Dice Outlaw. I would say that's a, I feel like it's another pretty, not too overwhelming spec, especially before you get like legendaries, before you get bracers, before you get anything else. You have kind of freedom to just like, I'm going to hit Cyber Slash and Saber Slash and Saber Slash, and then I'm going to hit Run Through until I need to refresh my uh, Rolls of Bones again. But I, I just, I would not recommend Outlaw because I don't think it's like very good. And I feel like one of the issues that a lot of new players face is once they get into the game and toxicity thing that like if you see an outlaw, like if you see a survival hunter in your group, like if they do good, you're not gonna say anything. But like if people don't, especially new players, they're not gonna play like hundred percent of their class performance. They're probably gonna get like, hey, you suck, you just go go play marksman, go play yeah. DM, why are you playing survival and all of that? So for new players, like just play something that's like more generally acceptable, and then you can go and play something that you find fun, I would say. Right. Uh, is, let's see, we have like one more, because we're at time for sure. 
Is sapping another CC useful Mythic Plus? And if smaller but heavier trash pulls start appearing, would CC like Parlay become more wanted in group? Oh gosh, Parlay. I thought that would be so cool <laughs> to use properly, but it just never got used like at all. I think it's like one cheese mechanic with Parlay. But I use something in I have a Shara on Murlocs. Yeah. Yeah, you take the, the buff Murloc to buff your group, I believe. I mean, Sap and Blind are always going to be situationally useful. So, you know, that, and that's been the case for a very, very long time. You know what would be really situationally useful? If they didn't take away Bind Elemental from Shamans. Why, though? Anyway. <clears throat> Too many buttons. Yep. I'm not going to get on that rage train that the shaman class has lost 19 utility spells and two expansions. No big deal. It's, it's fine. Just brush under the rug. It's okay. No big deal. And then how about, how do you feel about the current resource generation rate compared to combo point energy generation rate in earlier expansions and the effect that it has on timing your ability other than just hitting the right ability quickly enough to not cap resources? I mean, all three rogue specs play a little differently in this regard, right? So I don't know who wants... I feel like the only one in danger of capping resources is Outlaw. Like, Outlaw. sub bonus on single target, you have like 60%... I mean, assassination on single target has like 60% downtime of just, I'm going to wait for yeah. energy. I, and then you get to AoE and you're actually GCD cap because, hey, scaling, hey, multiple... Yeah, it's, it's really... That, uh, very good design. <laughs> Assassination is very strange like that because, yeah, it, oh, we were talking about the other night. It's like it's, Assassination is actually one of the lowest APM on single target in, of any spec in the game. And then as soon as you get to AoE and get your, your bleeds up on a couple targets, you start getting tons of energy. And then you're like GCD capped and even, you know, wasting one GCD on like reapplying a rupture on a target that's out of range or something like that. It's like a huge DPS loss. So uh, it's it's a little interesting in that regard. I, I think Outlaw has a huge pacing problem with this energy regen because you really, really cap, even if you're button smashing, you can cap energy. Even and it, it, just, it just feels bad. Um, sub somewhere in the middle. I think overall assassination and sub energy regen feels a little low most of the time. If if you're outside of like symbols of death combo for sub. And another issue with those two class specs specifically is so much of the energy regen that you get isn't attached to your like haste. So it's not like hey I got fifty percent haste versus zero. I'm gonna get fifty percent more energy. It's like hey I have like all of this energy, so it's just it doesn't scale. So. Like for assassination, I would. It's it's that's that's another issue with our current haste value is that getting haste doesn't actually speed out your gameplay as much as you want because it, so much so little of the energy regen is coming from like the passive. So like, hey, my dots ticked, which don't get scaled by haste, and that gives me energy. Or hey, I have symbols. Or hey, I have something else, and it's just it's something that can be fixed in PFA, hopefully. Yeah. I so we can go back to haste will fix it quotes from blizzard <laughs> yeah my, my hope for bfa is that they they take a look at like short cooldowns that generate energy or things that generate energy and make sure those are all scaling from haste correctly because when it doesn't it, it just creates really bad interactions where your baseline regen is just such a small percentage of your total yeah. regen fair enough all right this is closing time so 
soapbox shout outs and things you guys had and no i i reiterated this in discord but you don't have to like shout out certain people or how many i'm just kidding but but mistler i'm gonna go back to you sir i mean first and foremost i will again plug the resources on my tail end but do you have anything you wanted to to soapbox about or leave the rogue community with or anyone else that you wanted to give an internet high five to this is your your time to shine well, as a little follow-up to the last question about what spec you play if the new player, oh, yeah. I should, I think I should mention Aether's Rotation, which is an add-on that will always show you what the Simulation Craft robot would do in your position at the moment, so it can really help you pick up the rotation of the spec that you want to play. So you may want to check that out. That is the follow-up that I want to, want to give. Other, other than that, shout-out to all the people that do help with contributions in the Rook community. Of course, the people that got me into it, Fire Mice and Aether's. Um, a personal shout out to Fu, who does a lot of work on the subtlety APL and who is helping very much there and who's also become somewhat of a friend as a fellow German speaking uh, guy. And um, then shout out to my guild. There are probably a few of them watching right now. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, you guys are the rest. Awesome. Koji, how about you? I mean, he stole most of mine, so I, you know, that's that's fine. God, um, I, I have to yeah. say thanks to Aethys and, and Fiery as well, because they got me into this stuff and, you know, have been very welcoming to me as a relatively new member of the Rogue community. Uh, so I give give a lot of credit to them for making me feel welcome. Uh, good shout out to our longtime Rogue Zot in our guild who I pestered incessantly to look over my logs when I was swapping over <laughs> to Rogue and uh, kind of helped me figure things out as uh, we were raiding together in Tomb. Um, and then, yeah, to my guild for, for having some patience with me <laughs> re-rolling mid-tier. Sounds good to me. Greyhound, well, leave us out of here. Based on a podcast, I stole like all half of my shutouts, but... Uh, sure, of course. Again, like a fiery... And Aetis for everything. Uh, also Pariah, because I still remember like hanging out in the Rogue RC chats back in days and arguing that like this is not working in SimCraft. You can do more damage, camera focus, and having interesting conversations to like a lot of other like Rogue regulars. Uh, shout outs to my guild, most of whom are banned from this uh, channel for some various reasons. Yep. Uh, shout outs to Tank Chat, half of which are also banned from this channel for various reasons. I don't know, shout-outs to the dogs everywhere. Doggies. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, well, they're they're going to be automatically banned if they came in here and just spammed emotes or characters beyond a certain limit. So it's not, not our doing. It's just they did it to themselves. Because uh -huh. I don't want my chat full of madness. It's not an esports chat, all right? Because we want to be able to read what people are saying. <laughs> sort of like Yikes. a live... Li yep. But yeah, that's going to do it. What's up? I will also shout out really quickly to the Feral and Havoc communities because, uh, you know. No, yeah, I already covered Kip. He, he <laughs> don't We're getting demoted now. The, just, I've done lots yeah. of stuff with those guys, and they're all they're all good classes, good specs, and uh, it's always good to have them on board. Awesome. Good stuff. I'm going to go over here and hit this button then. So please, of course, if you need any more rogue information as any of these shows will be wrapping up over the pure DPS specs and possibly tanks and healers, there are resources that you can go check. So go check out ravenholt.net for all the rogue stuff as well as the, the GitHub posted in their Discord for all of the 
the reporting and, and APL and SimCraft stuff, check out HeroDamage.com as that evolves over time for all of your damage parses, combinations and things in a much more easily digestible format, just for a bit of a overview. And then of course, get raid bots and go pledge to raid bots on Patreon to get your sim updates and to keep this awesome resource and cloud going because I'm sure it's not cheap the way that this, there is so much traffic on this on patch days. It's hilarious. So go check out those resources. And if you miss any part of the show, of course, it'll be on YouTube. All of these will be on YouTube or iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music as audio-only versions, whichever way you want to digest the show. Additional shows on Patreon. And I, I, I have to plug this again because they're way too good. If you want to support the show and eat something at the same time, go check out Daily Harvest down below for smoothies. Uh, overnight oats, parfaits, sundaes, the soups, this soup chat. I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. Way too good. Next week should be mages, I believe. That is going Ooh. to happen. But around the table again for the guests today, there was Greyhound plus Doggo. You can go follow him on Twitter at BitHound or, of course, bother him in the multiple different discords he is in. So thank I did you have a question about the food website. Yes. Does it offer any uh, Tide Pod specials? Oh my god. Really though? They're delicious and pretty. No, this stop. That's that's this guy. Go follow him if you want to or whatever. And there's Koji. You can go follow him over on Discord. You go poke him in there, ask him questions and whatnot, and join in the conversation in the different communities that he's a part of. Thank you for being on the show today, sir. It was a pleasure. No problem. Thanks for having me. And Mistler on Twitter, or of course, you can find him in the discords at the same name, making all of the resources and things and keep doing the math that you do, because I don't know how you guys do this stuff. So I would love to keep plugging it in the future. So thank you very much for your time today, sir. Thanks for having me. But that's it. Again, mages, hopefully next week, and then hunters and then warlocks, something like that, or warlocks and then hunters. And then I don't know. Depends on who's available. Getting these shows together right now, depending on who the guests are, and if they're EU or not, if they're rating or not, or something in Argus and we'll, we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter. Social links, of course, for the show are down below. Subscribe on YouTube. Apparently, I'm going to say that like every half an hour. But if you're on YouTube, hit the red button so you don't miss any episodes that are being archived on that platform. But until next week, everybody, hopefully your weapons are all done in 75s and you're playing other games right now. Like Slay the Spire. That's a, that's a fantastic little, little gem. But I'll see you all here next week. And until then, wait, 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 wave, wave by at the nice people. Wave, wave by at the nerds. Wave, wave at them. Yes, we did it. Okay, it took a while, but we got there. We got there. All right, chat room, thank you for tuning in to episode number